the 2015 Spooky Flicks Fest, and this episode are dedicated to the memory of legendary filmmaker Wes Craven. In this episode of the 2015 Spooky Flicks Fest, Joel, Peter, and special guests Jay of the Dead and Hammond remember The Changeling from 1980. Losing everything changes you. So when composer and teacher John Russell experiences the ultimate tragedy, he moves across the country and into a new home. But this home is only new to him. You see, it's an old home with old secrets. Dark and deadly secrets. And as it turns out, one of the home's original residents is still there. Sad and angry, it wants only one thing. For John Russell to expose the horrifying truth of the Changeling. So, sit back and prepare yourself for in-depth analysis, profound insights, ridiculous tangents, and spoilers galore. And if you've never seen the Changeling, then beware, because here there be spoilers. You've been warned. <laughs> Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. I am here with Jay of the Dead. Welcome, Mr. Dead. <laughs> well, hello. Thank you. <laughs> I am joined by Hammond, Mr. Hello. Chamberlain. How are you? I am great. Thank great. you. Awesome. And the one, the only, the big Peter himself. Peter. Okay. I don't know why, how to answer that. The big Peter all of a sudden? I, you know, well, you're, yeah, like, I'm not blue. you're like seven yeah. foot two. All right. Stop it. So, <laughs> so we are, we are talking Hi. the changeling, the changeling from 1980. Just so we're clear, folks, not the, if you came on board here thinking it was the Angelina Jolie, Clint Eastwood movie. Sorry. No, it is that's just called the chain, but that's just called changeling. changeling. Yes. They were smart and dropped the, the, and <laughs> made all the difference. The, the. 
So we were we will be discussing this classic ghost story. I uh, oh um, excuse me the uh, the creepy demonic hosting voice at the beginning of this episode already warned you, but I'm going to warn you again. If you've not seen this movie, please turn this off because seriously, we are going to spoil the crap out of it, and I can't promise when that will start. Probably very early on, and this is one I really, 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 really wish. If you have not seen it, you will listen to this after you watch it. <laughs> okay, seriously. Mm-hmm. Although I will, I don't know about you guys because I assume. Uh, Hammond, you own it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Peter, you own it. Duh. Oh, but yeah, no, I, I almost felt like what? I didn't want to leave you out. I almost didn't even bother asking. Uh, Jason, <laughs> do you own it? I do not own it. Okay, okay I don't either. And mm-hmm. uh, I I went to go find it, just assuming, oh, it'll be on Amazon. Nope. Mm-mm. It would YouTube it. That's the only place I could find it. Yeah. An, an interesting comment on that, um, Joel. I, I know I don't know if you noticed, but in the comments on that particular on the high def YouTube version, uh-huh. it has six hundred and sixty six comments exactly. Does it really? Yes, that's <laughs> the, <laughs> the David Ezio <laughs> YouTube version. Yes, that was the one. I that was the one I watched as well. So that's not bad. Things will happen to you probably. Someone's going to cut open your floor and find the well. Yeah. Yeah. All I'll say is just to remind me how my wife accidentally and using air quotes here scared the crap out of me after this movie was over. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, I I had had it coming. I I always do. Yes. So, yes, the changeling starred George C. Scott. And we'll go into more in depth than all the people. And, you know, if you haven't if you don't know who he is, Patton, Uh, Melvin Douglas, who is actually good Lord. Did you guys go through his IMDb? Man, yeah. homeboy goes way back. 1931, I believe it was his. <laughs> and, and he used to be quite the looker. Yeah, he was a good looking guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his and uh, did you catch what his final film was? Let me see. Is it Ghost Story? Yes, it was Ghost Story, mm-hmm. fittingly enough. It rem- yeah, right he reminded after, me, right after this. He reminded me of uh, My Favorite Martian. Oh, um, he sounded uh, like him. Ray, 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 right? Ray Walton, right? Thank you. Ray Walton. Yes. 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 He sounded a lot like him. Yeah, similar. Yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. That kind of that that. Yeah, because he was uh, wasn't he the teacher in uh, Fast Times as well? Ray, yeah, Ray Walton, not Melvin. Ray Walton, not Mel, Mel, not Melvin. Was it Ray? Uh, uh, yeah. was, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Because I, I, I can hear him saying Spicoli. Like I thought he was the. <laughs> I think he was. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to check. I digress. <laughs> We're not going <laughs> to immediately go into a Fast Times at Richmond High tangent this early my, on. I swear. How many minutes did it take? <laughs> uh, we are approximately five minutes in. So, <laughs> yes, my favorite my favorite actor that's in this is John Calicos. He okay. played the detective that was killed in his car. Yes, uh, he yes. was Baltar from the Mormons in Space Battlestar Galactica from '78. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, you are correct, sir. Okay. Okay. And he was also a Klingon on Star Trek, the original series. I recognized him, but I did I couldn't place him. I I did recognize him, but I couldn't place him anywhere. So that's cool. Um, Trish Van Devier is the uh, Claire Norman. She's the the woman who gets him into the home. So pretty much it's her fault um, why this whole movie happens. But that being said, do you know what her relationship to Mister Scott is? Weren't was they, weren't they hitched? They were. Yeah, for almost 30 years. And this was their eighth movie, I believe, that they had mm. been in together. She's a looker. She's not ugly. Mm-hmm. She's not nope. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> That's my way of agreeing, Jason. Just yeah. so. <laughs> right, right. I get you. <laughs> okay. So he chose well. Yes, yes. And so this movie was uh, I, another little bit of trivia I, I found was that they shot this thing uh, from late 78 until about 
February of 79, but it didn't actually release in the States until March, late March of 1980. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I didn't catch anything that talked about it having problems with the post-production or uh, any, any sort of weird distribution hitches or anything like that. But, you know, it obviously, there was a bit of a delay. I mean, I, and who knows, maybe it's because we're so used to movies being expedited nowadays that that uh that yeah. seems like a longer time than it actually was but well and it looks i mean it it looks exactly like um 70s era horror movie you it can does. tell yes it does yes. very much so i mean i guess you could say a lot of movies from 80 still i mean because uh the shining was that 80 i always want to say it's 79 but it was 80 right yeah released in 80 yes yes so they shot in 79 mm -hmm. and it, uh, so anything 80 81 because 81 is what because 80 you got friday the 13th Mm -hmm. And so 81 would have been what the burning is that when that came out around yeah, then I believe so. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got, they all, they still all have a look that is still very seventies. And like, to your point, it's probably because some of them were filmed at the very tail end of it. So mm -hmm. it makes sense. I don't think you get into that true eighties vibe until like 84, 85 ish. Yeah. And 84. Oh, sweet year. That's like my favorite year. That's yes. when Storm Shadow came out and the G.I. Joe action figures. Ah, very nice. When did when did uh, uh, Zartan come out? It was around that time. I heard you guys mention him in a oh. recent episode. You mentioned Zartan. <laughs> I, I do love Zartan. And he's um, <laughs> he's said to be uh, schizophrenic. I don't know if you knew that. but I, I did not know that. But I do know that my first VHS tape, along with Raiders of the Lost Ark, was G.I. Joe Countdown. Or Zartan. I so, love you. I love you, Joel. And I still own it, bro. That's why I, still, I love you right there. I'm going to take a picture of it. I'm going to send it to you. Please do. And I don't, and I mean the videotape, by the way, not something creepy. <laughs> so <laughs> what, uh, I want to get back to the movie now, not GI Joe, even though I, we could just do like three hour episode on that. Well, yeah. So <laughs> this movie, uh, uh, let's just get it out of the way. Let's just do the review part. Okay. Cause we really haven't, we haven't gone into spoiler territory yet. It's a ghost story. I think it, most people can guess that. Uh, just from the freaking creepy poster. <laughs> yes. And, and let's go here. When was the first time everybody saw? Let's go around the table. So we'll start. Let's go hit Hammond here. Hammond, when was the first time you saw this movie? I'm sure you told me this last year, but I don't remember. <laughs> I saw it in the theater in at Ryan Mine Air Force Base. So it was probably the year. It was a, they got them like six months to a year later. So it was probably late 80, probably early 81, maybe really? when I saw it in, in the theater. How old were you? Uh, Fourth. No, fifth grade. Good God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Did it traumatize you? I'm afraid of wheelchairs. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And I never played with balls. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, I love it. <laughs> Jay, what about you? Okay. Now, I, I cannot tell you specifically whether it was um, HBO or Cinemax, but it seemed like it was a cable run of it so it had to be what before 85 okay and i was approximately like what, you what would that be age you yeah. have the same age so like, yeah. it's like seven seven, eight, seven eight. eight years old something like that and yes yes it scared me to death yes about the same age i was when i saw phenomena by dara argento aka creepers uh <laughs> by the way showing that to an eight-year-old bad idea right so <laughs> just, just so hey just so we, i can beat all this my parents took me to jaws when I was in second grade. Oh. Well, what I love the best about that is that you were in second grade in 75. I wasn't born yet, and neither was Jay. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> 75. 
1995. Oh, although I have determined. No, I did figure something out, though, because I was January. What what month were you born? It was January? July 76. All right. So I'm a few months on you. I actually did ter- figure out I was in the womb when my mom went and saw Jaws with my dad. Oh. So technically, technically, I, too, was there. Yeah. You got some adrenaline from it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Hammond Ham- Ham- just goes radio silence. He's like, this is, oh, my God. <laughs> what am I even doing? All right. So you, you do win. Okay, fine, Hammond. You win. Yes. You win. Mm-hmm. All right. Peter, how about yes. you? I I don't really remember. I okay. mean, I'm the old guy here, so memory, I hardly remember what I did yesterday. So. No, but it, it's been a while since I saw it the first time. I don't remember. But okay. It, it, it creeped me the hell out. Do you think you saw it? I mean, do you remember seeing it, like ballpark? Do you think you saw it in the theater or maybe? No, 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 video no, thing? Not in the theater. no, I have a video thing. Yeah, I, so. I didn't see this until it's probably actually one of the last time I and it's not for not liking it. I just I don't think I ever saw it until late 90s. Mm. I want to say yeah, I was I was pretty much a young yeah, adult I, by the time I saw this movie. For some reason, I was always aware of it, but I never saw it. I and, think I'm kind of in the the same ballpark now that you mentioned it yeah. sometime in the 90s i think and it i can't even i can't even imagine seeing this in the theater oh. what well, have you guys had this experience this seems to be when i talk to people about horror movies people who aren't necessarily horror fans this is the movie they always bring up to me they're like oh i saw that one 1980 oh. like george c scott when changeling scared me to death like they always bring up this movie with me just the other get, one, the other thing gets brought up a lot is the original haunting, the black and white one. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, yes, sixty three. Yeah, that's exactly. a scary, scary film too. Yes. Well, and so, so do you feel like? Uh, do you guys feel like they do that, like to maybe get some sort of street cred? <laughs> no, I just think it sticks with them. You know, yeah. I think this movie has a way of of haunting the soul, so to speak. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's fair. So, uh, like I said, for me, it was late nineties. Uh, let's just get this out of the way. We'll we'll do this uh, horror movie podcast style. <laughs> what what is your rating, Jay, from a scale of one to ten? Oh, rate it up front right now. Okay, you got it. I love it. Uh, it was, for me, you guys are probably going to get mad because I I when I watch films now because I revisited it this morning just for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I have to rate it on this like modern era viewing because I assume that listeners will be looking at it and, and for the first time now. And so for me, it's I, I give it a seven out of ten. I think it's a okay. strong rental. I think it's a must see. It's one of the the better ghost movies out there. If sure. you were if you weren't rating it for the <clears throat> jaded modern audience, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what, what would it be? Well, if I rated my initial reaction to it as a young uh-huh. kid, you know, like yes. younger than sure. ten, sure. well then yeah, like it's like a, a nine point five on the sure. scare. But but sure. but now and, and we can go into this later, but um the thing is this movie really isn't that frightening and I'll I'll talk about why but later because I mm-hmm. that, there's okay. I got something to support that. I know that okay. sounds crazy but Okay. No? No but a seven is good. I think it's seven. You're, you're, yeah, but I mean, you're not. You're not. I mean, uh, the supernatural kind of uh, horror movies is not really yes. up your alley. Correct. So the seven is is really good. Yeah, and that seven. I mean, it comes like most of the seven comes from having a great story. The premise mm-hmm. of this is just tremendous. Yes. Yes. So H- Hammond, how about for you? If you were to rate it, for you, 
I'm going to have to probably come in at about two, three, maybe. <laughs> On a five scale? You're going to be that guy. <laughs> no, I own this movie. I watch it at least once a year. Uh, I was on, I begged Joel to do this last year for Spooky Flicks Fest. <laughs> um, this is, it's funny. I understand probably where Jason's coming from, that the first half of this movie is one type of movie. Uh-huh. And the second half of this movie is a completely different type of movie. And the way they blend together is pretty seamless and you don't see it. But mm-hmm. when you've seen it as many times as I have, uh-huh. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. So I honestly, from that fifth grader that saw it it's a 10 but from me as an adult having seen it a bunch of times i still love it so i'm going to go in the eight range okay okay that's cool i think that's a a fair a fair rating uh what about you peter it's up in that same kind of eight nine something there because i'm this old creaky man and it still scares me. I, I watched this yesterday, and there's some scenes here that still gives me the chills. So, so, so you want to split the difference and say, say 8.5 then for you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Well, and I would be right there with you because no, I would, I would, no, I would say if I, if I was a horror movie. What, what's that, Peter? Say 9. Damn it. Just say 9. Okay. Well, then, all right. Well, then you will be the top one. I was going to go 8.5. If, I, if okay. I'm doing this horror movie podcast style, nice. I, would, I would do it 8.5. Cause I, and I think it would have been an 8.5 for me then because – and I'm not going to play the whole, oh, it's a slow burn. It is a slow burn, but it's yeah. never boring. And I don't feel like there's that really any wasted. There's no fat on this movie. There's not, it's not a, there's not a lot of scenes where you're like, all right, come on. Oh, yeah. You get it. Like everything uh, happens for the overall story. And what I love is how, as very early on, you know, we get right into, uh, after the opening scene, which we'll get into as we really delve into spoilers, um, the ghost element, it's like, boom, like straight out. I mean, they don't there's none of this, you know, pussyfooting around. I mean, they are you know, right into it. But at the same time, it's still this nice, gradual things, you know, build upon each other. And it just crescendos until it's all madness and craziness and scary crap. So, yeah, no, I, I am dropping giant books on my foot. I apologize if you heard the <laughs> crash. Sorry. Hold on. All right. Uh, yes. <clears throat> the walk- question. Yes. How long would you have stayed in the house after you heard the, those loud banging noises? Uh, I mean, how, how quickly would you have left? Okay. It? Well, the banging noises, I would have done what he did. I would have hide because it's an old house. So you could go the, okay, it's the pipes route. <laughs> yeah. You know what? First- I, would, I would have left the house when I'm playing back that flipping tape. Okay. Hang on. I would have left before that. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question. He says it happens at six o'clock every night. Okay. Hold on real quick. Yeah. All right. If you're listening now, spoilers, ahoy, bail, right. bail, mayday, there. go. And it's us. Go watch the movie. We'll be here. So if it's happening at six o'clock every night and he's in bed asleep, uh-huh. what time is he going to bed and what time is he waking up? I believe it's 6 a.m. A.m. I took it as a.m. I, I took it as a.m. Okay. Still, who, who <laughs> really? It's like a really convenient alarm clock. I don't know what he's complaining about. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Come so, on. Joel, you told me to prepare a synopsis. Yes, I, I, I? I, I, think, I think now that we're going to go into full-ons, because I really feel like this is a movie you should go into cold. So I actually like the idea that we're going to uh-huh. do the synopsis. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do the synopsis <laughs> after we did that initial review phase. I, I almost like would like for people who don't know this movie to just go in not knowing Blind. anything because yeah. that's it, how i originally went and i was familiar with yeah. i knew it was a ghost story but i didn't know anything about the particulars and it was great right 
So, yeah, go ahead, Hammond. Do you have a little something for us? I, I do. So George C. Scott and his family steal the Brady Bunch's car, <laughs> and he conveniently has it break down and sets it up so his family is killed by a semi-truck. <laughs> So he can wow. break free of them and move to Seattle. So, oh, so your inter- interpretation Mr. was cynical. Oh, it, it, it was actually this is actually more of a crime <laughs> oriented motion picture where he intentionally. No, I'm sorry. I had to bring up the Brady Bunch's car. Okay. So George C. Scott and his family are on vacation in some snowy place. Maybe they're driving up to the Shining Motel. I don't know. It's upstate New York. Yes, <laughs> is uh, that is isn't it? It's right around Thanksgiving. <laughs> And uh, their car breaks down and they're pushing it. He finds a phone booth in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and he, his wife, and his daughter are having a snowball fight. And two cars come and they are tragically killed in this, this accident where the mm-hmm. cars are pushed on each other. And this is, a, and this is really important because it shows George C. Scott, who typically plays these macho men, kind of rough and tough guys. It shows him as a broken man instantly. Mm-hmm. Because we we have to believe that he is emotionally fragile for all the rest of this movie to work. Mm-hmm. So he moves to Seattle, ju- move, gets this enormous mansion that happens to you know be available to from the historical society, and he goes about uh, having encounters with ghosts based around music for a while, and then they start playing ball with him, and then after he solves the murder, they burn the house down. In a nutshell, yep, basically, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. So okay. the phone booth, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's completely um, ridiculous that there is a phone booth out in the middle of nowhere, for for those of us who remember the days of phone booths. But um, what's interesting about that is while he's watching this idyllic scene turn into a nightmare, you have horror in the daylight here, which I love. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's yes. trapped inside of this box. He's powerless. He's helpless, and that's one of my big things. Like uh, true horror has helplessness, and it has that element to it because he he cannot do anything to save his family. He just has to watch them get wiped out, which plays it. into the helplessness of the child that was murdered because the banging on the tub was what he was doing in the phone booth as he's watching his wife and uh, daughter murdered. He actually yes. experiences the same thing from that the kid when they're helpless. Yeah. Being drowned in the tub, banging, trying to get can't do anything about it. Yeah, you can't do anything. Yes, sir. Yeah, horror now, has helplessness. That's great. Now that, that that's are those are great insights, guys. Seriously, that's, I, we're done. So uh, <laughs> that thanks for joining us for this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was quick. But no, the, no, it was that was excellent. <laughs> the accident is not well executed, though. Have, having no. revisited this morning, like when you watch that accident go down, you're like. Um, that was kind of messy. Like, you know, like, <laughs> well, messy well, in because yeah. a, a two human beings are taken <laughs> out by a semi or more messy in the way it was blocked and staged. And you didn't really get, you couldn't really make out who was Let's hit roll with both. Yeah. Let's the latter. Both. The la- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both, especially the latter. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I had forgotten. You've been, you know, like I said, I saw this movie in the 90, late nineties, I'm guessing. And so I know I've seen it at least once since then, but my memory was not of that accident. Like I knew that the, the, the they died in a you know car related accident, but for some reason I didn't remember it being in the snow. I didn't remember it being this out of control semi. I didn't remember any of that. I actually had it in my head that it was more in a city. I don't know how this even got in my brain. Like I, I remembered it being more in a city, and I thought he was in the car with them. 
Now, I don't know. I think maybe I'm juxtaposing it with some other movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, it was weird. So when that happened, it is shocking and it's tragic. And just the idea that you witnessed, you, you know, your just your whole I just, you know, I think the horror in that to me is this that in the flip of the switch, your whole life is done. I mean, everything, yeah. the path you were on, man, wiped out, gone. Yeah. You're now on this completely unknown path. So. And to witness that is even worse. I mean, it's bad enough to get that phone call, right? But to witness yeah. it, um, and God knows the aftermath of having to, sort of like in Pet Cemetery, you know, that moment where you run out and have, oh, God, dude, it's horrible. So, but yeah, I found that the, you can't really, you don't really see, do you see them get hit? I didn't really think it's. No, they kind of fall down and then you see the truck hit. Yeah, the, and there's so much the, snow the spraying yeah. up, you can't really make anything out. Which is okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. part of the subtlety of the movie uh, because there's – I mean it's, that sets up that there's going to be some pretty atrocious things that happen, uh-huh. but you're not always going to see them, which yes, actually so adds to the, the nuance of the film. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. that being said, is there anybody else here who was – would have actually wagered money that this, was, this movie was PG? But according to Imdaba, it's R. And I'm like, why is this movie R? Mm. Yeah, well, probably the kid getting. Well, yeah, but it's not. I mean, yeah. yeah, but there was. I don't know. It's I, pretty gratuitous. Yeah, it's yes. it's it, it it is it is I, it is a violent scene, but yeah. it's not like I don't know. I guess I just expect an R is going to be more blood and guts and yeah. f bombs oh, yeah. and yeah, you know yeah, TNA. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I'm I was kind of surprised it wasn't. I know they didn't have PG thirteen, so maybe that's what it boils down to. Is it mm. would have been a PG had they cut some of that down i don't know but it's, i could see the mpaa just getting freaked out enough by the subject matter you know the yeah. seance and the spiritualism yeah. Yeah. and yeah. that kind of stuff in the fact that it's i mean it's fairly explicit in the drowning scene and showing yeah. an adult harming a child yeah. i mean it yeah. really it really it takes you there it shows it was, it. it was pretty horrible it's a long scene too yeah, yeah. it's not quick Okay, fine. You're, you guys are right. It should be R. All right. So, <laughs> but I thought it was PG. I had it in my head that it was PG. Okay. Uh, the woman that played his wife, that played uh, Mr. Russell, George C. Scott's character's wife, I recognized her and I couldn't place her. And I, I cheated and looked at uh, IMDb and I'm thinking the thing I know her from. Do you guys, did you guys recognize her from anything? Mm. Just this movie. That was it? Yeah, not not. Uh, she seemed familiar, but I can't. Uh, I don't know. She is in Willow. She is Queen Bavmorda. Oh, hang, yeah. Huh? Now that you mention you it, you remember Willow? Yeah, totally. Well, I do. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Everybody, I assumed everybody does, but I don't want to. You know, just assume those things. Of course, yes. Was that the Val Kilmer vehicle? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Speaking of, I finally watched Lost Souls, the Island of Doctor Moreau thing that. Uh, Josh has been. Oh, that's good. Been, oh my God, it's amazing. I love that. I talked about, I talked about that on a on a couple shows. Did you talk about it too? Okay, I, I heard it several different places, and I and I saw it was on Netflix. Oh, the one with the, the Marlon Brando. Uh, yes, because yeah. I remember yeah, following yeah. that drama because Fangoria covered quite a bit of yeah. it back in the day when it was. I want to say because what year did that come out? Ninety six. Yeah, because I was working in the movie theater. I think when it came out, <laughs> and it was it was awful. God, that's an awful movie. But you see uh, the other versions. Yes, a long time ago, I saw the uh, the the one with with Basil from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, Basil exposition. Have yeah. you seen the original one? Uh, the old with uh, Lawton. Uh, yeah. Charles Lawton. Yeah, I I yeah. did, but again, that's been a very long time. So yeah, 
So, yes, back to the changeling. Mm, okay. <laughs> my fault. Uh, <clears throat> so we we established his family's wiped out. He, he gets to move into this house. I, I didn't know that the historical society did had this little you know hustle going on the side where they also, uh, you know, let people rent their properties, but apparently they do in Seattle. And they put him in this just massive. I mean, it's like, really? So you guys think this is a good idea to put this one guy in this huge house, but <clears throat> they do. Yeah. And, and, and a, a question I, I uh, posed this when I did my review a couple of years ago. Uh, it's a, it's a large, old, beautiful house, but important question. Why do people never seem to have enough lights to light up? The long, dark corridors and attics and stuff like that. Why? I mean, if I had a house like this, stop it. It's a big house. It's scary. You will light every nook and corner. Oh, I'd have work lights. I'd have the big halogen 500 watt work lights in every corner. Just, oh, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Okay. So it wouldn't work for a a horror movie, of course, but but in real life, I would have that place lit up like a Christmas. It's interesting you bring up real life. Do you guys know anything about this house? It's about this particular there. one in that's in the film, it doesn't actually exist, right? Yeah. I was say, yep, that's where I was going with it. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's good. No, I, wanted, I was hoping one of you guys would know that. <laughs> it's a, a facade. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Much like everything in Hollywood, it's a facade. Right. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a great looking house, though. It is. They did a great job. I mean, I cost them two hundred thousand dollars to build the facade, too. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a hell of a facade. Yeah. <laughs> in, 80, in seventy-eight money. Yeah, that's a yeah. lot of that's a lot of scratch. So it did. But what I thought was even more fascinating than the exterior, because they do that for a lot of movies, right? They'll they'll get part of the house if it's like it's not quite right, so I'll add something onto it. But the interiors, they said the interiors were a bunch of interlocked sets. Neat. I'm like, holy good lord, that was amazing because I thought we were in a house, right? Yeah. It didn't Looks feel good. like a set. It didn't feel stagey at all. So I thought it was a location. That was fantastic. Feels creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, it did. This, this house scares me. So ultimately, since this is a story of a murder of a child and his spirit were coming back for justice, and I don't even know if if we should – are we all in agreement? I mean, if the conversation goes there, that's fine. But do you want to give away what the changeling is really – I mean, what it means in the title? Do we want to go there? Is that sure. Why the heck not? Hammond's like, ah, <laughs> screw you people. If you haven't watched it by now. <laughs> <laughs> I signed up to spoil this movie. I'm, a, I'm spoiling yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's the only reason I come on your show, Joel, so I can ruin movies for people. Uh, <laughs> so Bruce okay. Willis is dead. Uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> no, All right. Bruce Willis is a sled. <laughs> 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 So, okay. Okay. Oh, interesting side note. That movie also starts off with an element of tragedy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Another, I was trying to think of all the ghost stories and how many of them start off with some sense of tragedy, loss. They well, kind of have to. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, but I mean, but I, I go, <laughs> you can't walk in. You can't start a movie with the house saying, get out. No, I meant for the main, like, it's almost like a, it's almost reminds me of like the opening of this movie. While yes. It affects the the main character. It's almost like the opening of a James Bond movie in that it doesn't come right. into play. It's not like his daughter comes back later. I mean, other than his fly, he has like a little flashback. But you know what I mean? Like it's it's just a piece to help his character. 
I don't. I'm not. I'm talking about like the tragedy of the house. That I, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Totally, Joel. And that's. I. I think that is one of the mo- a very prevalent aspect of horror. I call that horror happens to those who deserve it least. It's always sure. someone who's really um, suffering, and they've already got like the worst things going on in their lives, and then they get something horrific piled onto them. Unless you know? it's an Eli Roth movie. And then they just have it coming. Because yeah. they're all a bunch of douchebags. They all deserve it, yes. <laughs> so, okay. Generation X crap bags. Whoa, whoa. Wait, you're a Generation X. You mean the millennials? Well, yeah, those millennials. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all these young kids today. All right. So back to the changeling. All right, I got some editing to do. All right. So, <laughs> no, you don't. I Probably not. I'm going to be lazy. All right. So uh, where, where do we leave off? So uh, the guy moves into the house. Yes. And weird crap happens. So for me personally... I think the part where I, if let me just see, let me get this out of the way. George C. Scott casting him is a stroke of genius, and here's why: if you make this movie today, it's made with a bunch of teenagers. At best, it's made with college age kids. Okay, and watching them do crap like he does, like I, I don't know, by yourself walk through this house because you hear something, or going and taking down boards to reveal a secret door, and then actually going into that room. You be, but for some reason, it's Dorsey Scott, who in and of himself is kind of scary. So, yeah, he is. And he's got this wizened quality to him. So you're, you're like, you know, this, I, I buy that. Okay, you know something I don't know, and I would trust him, and he kind of scares me anyway. So you don't think, why are you doing that? That is the dumbest thing ever. Yet. Don't, you don't question George C. Scott. But it is kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, well, but you still don't question it. See, Joel. If they re- Go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Apologies. No, 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 I'm not being a good moderator, Jay. And uh, see, like Roger Ebert actually agreed with you. Like in his review, he complained that um, George C. Scott didn't seem scared enough. I mean, or just because his comp, his character is so confident, it didn't make him as a viewer feel scared. Okay. But for me, um, I actually kind of like that because it makes sense in the context of this film because he actually, instead of becoming a haunting victim, he becomes sure. uh, the ghost's helper, which sure. is why this movie isn't quite as scary to me now seeing it as an adult because it's it's just, you know, the ghost is commissioning this guy who is in touch and open to yeah. these sort of communications because of his loss. Now that makes it what we're going to say, Hammond. I was going to say if they redid this movie today, they might cast someone like uh, uh, who directed the other Changeling, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. See, that would be interesting, but I don't think they would unless he was the one directing it. Yeah, but I'm just saying they if they could get someone older who's got a reputation of being oh, kind sure. of a badass. Oh sure. Then, yeah. then he would be great for it. Sure, but I, I love what Jay is saying too. That there, I think you know what it is too. There's something almost uh, <sighs> comforting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Why? Why? I, was just, I was just visioning Clint Eastwood in this go, part. Wait, go, Come go, on, go, ghost. Get, get, off, my, my, get off my lawn. Get off. Come on, ghost. Make my Come day. here, you little bastard. I'll <laughs> take that wheelchair. <laughs> they were showing a good Dirty Harry movie on one of the, the Danish channels here before, so sorry. <laughs> no, I, nothing wrong with that. So ultimately, I, I think that with George C. Scott being the way he is, and like you said, he's commissioned to do this. He's sort of like a... Uh, a Kolchak meets Mulder by way of a private investigator that this ghost is hiring to, you know, get him justice. So he, but there, it almost as a viewer, it makes you feel, I'm not safe. I mean, safe is basically where I'm going with this. That I feel 
comfortable with George T. Scott. Like if he was there, I would want him to be in charge and I would just kind of want to hover and, and hide behind his trench coat. so so but at the same time to your point jason that does negate some of the fear factor i think when you see it for the first time since you aren't as familiar with all that there's just some of the they're just it's creepy i think the thing about this movie it's not particularly scary it's just creepy it's creepy Mm -hmm. yeah but also again with george c scott because even even though you kind of feel safe in his presence because he's that determined it's still scary because he's kind of uh, how to shut up? But he, he he's kind of haunting. Well, he he can't he can't stop. He has to do this. Well, he's haunted. He's a haunted yeah. man. Yeah, because yeah, and and which makes it scary because he will do stuff that you maybe shouldn't do. Yeah, like walk uh, walk around into well digging wells and walking into well basically opening up that door up to the that yeah. uh, creepy attic room, but. Which makes it scary because you don't want to leave his side because you don't want to be alone. Well, and, and if he walks up there, you have to kind of follow him. And the the moment when he does probably show a, a decent amount of fear right off is the ball scene, and yes. not just when it first falls. That's, I think that's actually a good that that gives Roger Ebert's argument credence. This ball out of the darkness that was his daughter's, his dead daughter's, that was in his desk, comes down the stairs, just bouncing. Oh, it just gives me the chills. Freaking, that would have been the point. I'd be like, see ya! <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, when I watched this a couple of years ago, I had gotten kind of forgotten that I, I actually gasped when that scene came. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But he just stares at it, right? And he takes it and he goes to a river or some other body of water. It's a dark. He's on a bridge and he, he gets out and he drops the ball in. Boosh, right in the water. He comes home, closes the door. And, and the ball comes back down and it's wet and he gets that look <laughs> on his face dude uh-uh because <laughs> that means you're but you're haunted but you left the house and you are somehow you got the ball <laughs> right. oh my god just creepy would have been the car on a me? plane on the way to europe oh that. yeah i've been done done so uh, that for me was the moment that i found to be one of the, one of the creepiest so for you guys is is there are there mo- do the moments in this movie still creep you out at all or do you find it's yeah you may have seen it too much or you're jaded well for me the the two most poignant moments um number one would be when the alarm goes off it, it's like 6 a.m and this mm-hmm. is when he's interrupted he he's grieving he's weeping oh, yeah. over his family and um because it's george c scott and he just nails that that moment you could tell it's still raw. This is a man who is already suffering and grieving. And then he's interrupted with this, this banging. And, um, and then later you come to learn out, learn that the banging was because when the kid was being dunked in the tub, he was banging against the yes. side of the tub. And that's the other scene is just th- that murder scene is absolutely terrifying to me. I mean, it every is. time I ever, it's, it's upsetting. Every I actually time. looked away. I, for a second, I, cause when he's holding up the little kid's feet and just, it's like, you know, that kid's it, not much older than my oldest. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, I, I, I couldn't even look at that. I was like, that was so disturbing. <laughs> and, and two other things on that, Joel, like, um, number one, it's, you know, a, a disabled child. He's somewhat crippled oh, yeah. as they say. Yeah. So that's pathetic. It's his natural son. And um, just, you know, having rewatched this this morning, just in my neighborhood this past week, 
we had a similar thing happen, but it was accidental, this little baby drowned in the tub. And so that's kind of been like lingering here in my neighborhood. Everybody's sad about that. And then rewatching this again, I'm like, oh man, it's just awful. God, that's horrible. Well, thanks, Jay. I know. I'm always <laughs> no, no, but it's it, it's a it's a that scene is. I mean, there's so much evil going on. It's malicious. It's it, I don't know even. I mean, for a dad to kill his own son like and like that, just just the way that he approaches him and just grabs his feet and oh. yeah. Well, and, and I think too, like what George C. Scott says later on. You did it. He did it for the profit motive. And when you really think about it, yeah. most murder, when you, you one of the typical motives are you got jealousy and just general hate, and uh, you know you've got uh, you, you know there 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 are you know obviously motives uh, murders are motivated by greed. But of all the different motives, it's the least emotional reason to do something. Meaning that all the other reasons have almost like this fire to them. Like you're in a hate mode, you're in a a, a revenge mode, you're in some kind of emotional state, whereas doing it for profit yeah yeah it's, it's kind so of well, yeah what the dad did kind just, of yeah it's like kind of he, he well matter of factly or whatever you want to call it, it it's it's so cold yeah basically he yeah. just grabs his feet and then it's just in silence yeah. everything it's no it's well, and, and i just want to ask uh, hammond you're being awful quiet on the subject of uh I, I was of what? Be, I, I was going to child murder, but then I realized how horrible it sounds. <laughs> well, no, I was just listening. I was just listening to you guys, and I realized though that the dad was a businessman, and he saw mm-hmm. this as a, a strategic business move. And so the reason it's cold and calculated was he saw it as a business maneuver. He yes. did not see it as murder. He saw it as a business move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make it better. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, it I'm doesn't make kidding. him a hero. All of a sudden, yeah. it just, it no. just, I, he. he, he he didn't – I don't think he did it even maliciously. He saw it as yeah, – I guess that's what it means. That's what bothers me is that it's so – it's so emotional. It's it's sociopathic. It's just completely detached from any type of emotion that you would do that to your own kid. That I mean look, you, you obviously hear these horror stories uh, you know, and uh, horrible situations of things happening – you know, with with you know, when when moms struggle with, with you know, postpartum depression, I mean, and you have all, other things happen in families that uh, you know, just horrible stuff. But you can almost say, okay, it happened because of this illness, or it happened because of uh, you can come to that reason to say, some, uh, kind, of, did some it be- kind of emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I did it because you know I'm trying to be all strategic yeah. with yeah. my. My portfolio. I don't know. And and the coldness is underscored because who could dump their own child's body in a well and just oh, leave it there? And yeah. that's just leave it. That's maybe a, another reason why this movie is more unsettling than it is actually scary. Because the monster is not the ghost. The monster is this father. He's the yes. true monster. That's true. Yeah. Typically, yeah. in movies like this, the classic good ghost stories. That's kind of the way it is. The ghosts are not the evil spirits. They mm-hmm. are the ones who are trying to get. Some sort of justice or righteousness. I, I won't go into it because I don't want to spoil it. But has everybody here seen Stir of Echoes? Mm-hmm. That makes uh, me yep. think of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so, I mean, just that idea. And, and I think that to your point, Hammond, that it's when it's uh, the ghost is good and that not in and of itself the evil because you think about the ring. And again, don't want to spoil anything with that. 
Right. Good goodness knows, because I know uh, Jason's gotten hate mail over that before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but again, you know, it, at least you know, in in some respects, you know, you're you're given a certain expectation of what the the ghost is after, and and uh, and and so when you think the ghost is good, or you have reason to believe the ghost is good, then the 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 monster, the evil, is something that is either somebody still living, or it's somebody who long ago died, and their ghost isn't even usually around as, as, as part of uh it just I, I do you guys want to go into the title now and and what the whole reason why the father's i mean because not just i mean it's for the money but his whole strategy i mean what's sick is it's actually smart i mean yeah. it's, it's a well thought out yeah. well calculated it thing. is and it which makes it worse <laughs> for some yes. reason to yes. me. um but do you guys want to go into that sure okay so so who wants to start spoiling the end of this movie <laughs> hammond no, go ahead. I, I've, I've, we don't I've, want to take I, your joy away, Hammond. We don't. No, I, 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 I nutshelled this thing into a whole different yeah. kind of movie, so you guys can do the, the changeling part. Okay. So, Ham, uh, or Jay, you wanna, you wanna hit that? Sure, I'll be happy to. So basically, as I understand it here, um, let me let me see if I can identify the characters properly. Sure. The the Carmichael. The wife, okay, her father was like mega rich. I think he said in the movie he was a zillionaire. Okay, like a Rockefeller. Yeah, exactly. And and there was going to be an inheritance passed down to the children, but um, the daughter was killed in a tragic accident. And here again, we have this theme of uh, horror happening to those who deserve it least. I mean, they already have that awful thing happen. And then there's this other boy, but the thing is. He's very sickly, and if he doesn't survive to his 21st birthday, then that money will not be inherited in the family. Um, it will end up going to, like, charity, because now, the son-in-law is... Now, I, just, I don't, I don't want to... I just want to interrupt you for one second, Jay. Sorry. just Because I, I think... I just want to make sure for anybody who's listening, and again, if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, then yeah. I don't even know why I'm helping to clarify this. But just to clarify, <laughs> because you said the daughter... Now, you mean the daughter of the... The Rocker, let's just call it, um, the hypothetical yeah. Rockefeller. Yeah. Car- Carmichael, who was the zillionaire, his daughter's the one that died. The The little boy is his grandson, right? Yeah, it, the little boy is his okay. grandson, the sickly yes. little boy. But the thing is, they, they said that this Rockefeller guy did not like his um, son-in-law. Yeah. Right? So, so the dad, who's the murderer in this movie. So... He knew that if his sickly son, the remaining child, died, that he would not be the custodian over this kid who inherits zillions. And so he decided that he would knock him off mm-hmm. and um, dispose of his body in a well. And then he got a kid from an orphanage and sent it overseas until he was older. And when he came back, it's like, yeah, that's my boy. And this ends up being the cured, the <laughs> the senator. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So hence the changing of the title. So for anybody that isn't aware of that, a changeling is a, is a mythical creature that supposedly would would change places with a child. The child, the human child would be whisked away. This child that I, I guess was supposedly born of, you know, elves or goblins or some yeah, trolls, trolls, things like that. Yeah. And they, they would basically replace the human baby with this one that looks exactly like it, acts exactly like it, but it's different. It's 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 off. Sort of like Gage in Pet Cemetery, bringing it back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, alive. Uh, <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. So that's the, and what's interesting is they said he actually sent the uh, child that he adopted off to Europe, which, if I'm not mistaken, is where the changeling uh, legend originates. So I don't. Right. I, I, did he say Italy was? I, I can't remember if he said it was in. He sent him to Italy or uh, something. Like that. I don't really know. It was somewhere in Europe. I remember them saying Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. but apparently, according according to uh, Wikipedia, it, it is uh, where that legend originates is Europe. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's kind of neat the idea that he sent the boy there because this is obviously not a changeling in a mystical or or supernatural sense. Uh, nope. It was human created and done. But in a way, in a way, the changeling was done. Is a, it was a monster who did it too? Right? It wasn't mm-hmm. a troll. It wasn't a goblin. But the father was the monster. And he took away the human child and replaced it with this fake. So, yes, uh, I, I like that. I like that aspect. And again, as much as I find it disturbing that his reasons and why he did and what he did, I do find it to be fascinating that he was that Machiavellian, that he was that manipulative, that he was that uh, strategic. Yeah, a good story point. It's a mm, it's yeah. a good story. Yeah, it is. But I, I tell you. I, I, I do have some issues with this as far as like the ghost's righteous indignation, so to speak, uh-huh. because it's like, okay, I, I realize the reason why he's um, harassing the George C. Scott character is to compel him to action and to get his help. But um, the, so, you know, a, a little bit, I'm like, wow, get off George C. Scott's case. I mean, he's trying, you know, like, but, but then later, <laughs> um, even, even the changeling, who is the Senator Joseph Carmichael, right? The Senator guy. I mean, it's another example of horror happens to those who deserve at least. I mean, this poor guy was a freaking orphan and he got a lucky break and was adopted and got taken care of. And he actually grew to love his dad. And they have a throwaway line in there. Like you always knew all along something under there was not quite right, but it's like, um, why are we mad at this guy? I mean, mean, it's like being being mad Okay, okay, the the couple like the wife finds out her husband's cheating and he's cheating with a woman who had no idea he was married and she's mad at her exactly well, what she yeah. didn't know he was married so why are you mad at her exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah so why give this guy a heart attack and knock him off and stuff you know like uh, it just I, I feel kind of bad and I understand like ghost stories I mean that premise of um it's a somebody done somebody wrong as they say yeah premise but I don't know. Yeah, which makes kind of where in the ending the the ghost kind of picks on the wrong guy, basically. Yeah, because the guy he really wants, which is his insane father, is that gone. guy's yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's dead already. So, Hammond, what about you? Do do you find uh, fault? I, I I don't know. There's there's a part of me that that is glad that the ghost was able to find someone who was willing to listen because as that's what we need in life and even in death is someone who's willing to listen. But at the same time, I kind of agree with the fact that near the end, when the ghost kind of loses its mind a little bit, sure. I mean, it, it's willy-nilly. Everyone that's in the way is going down. <laughs> he's dropping yeah. chandeliers on George C. Scott. He's lighting the banisters on fire. He's got the, the wheelchair uh, rally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everything Everything is just oh, going. He the cop. Yeah, he kills the well, that, cop. Yeah, but that's because I think the cop was intervening and going to stop. Yeah. Dorsey Scott. For, so I took that as a, a, a understandably motivated 
death. But if we were looking at morals and stuff, it's like, oh sure, yeah, something <laughs> was wrong with your life, but uh, you just screwed this guy and killed him. Yeah. So like, yeah, he, 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 I always thought he, he was a corrupt <laughs> cop and he had it coming. So that's how I write that I, one. I, I did read that as well, yeah. but I, I will say, I to, to what Jay said earlier, you think it would have made a difference? And I know this is totally playing Monday morning quarterback, so forgive me. But if if at some point. The senator, it had been obvious he had known from really young and he didn't care. And he maybe had a speech between him and George C. Scott because nobody's going to know. Right. Once he went, George C. Scott gives him all the material. He just says this sort of insinuation. It has this monologue where he insinuates all the things that, you know, you know, like, let's just let's just say I did know that blah, blah, blah. And like he knows and he didn't care. And he had because I almost wondered at points. See, that's my Mike. I have that question, too. And I wanted to ask it, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Is did he know? Because he had the snitch at the library yes, call him and say yes. they're digging. He had the detective that kind of already was on tap, kind of on retainer, to put a stop to anyone digging. Yes. Yeah. And he so that they're going to blackmail him. So. Yeah. So it seems as if he actually know. did know. He knew something. I don't know that he knew that there was a dead kid involved. Maybe he knew that his father had adopted him or something like that. And and you know what I mean? Like maybe he had his suspicions. Right. So I think you could go there, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I took it that way, too, that he knew things. So that way, in the end, with the way it all kind of unravels, it does seem like he didn't know, or at least just maybe like what Dorsey Scott says to him. You always wondered, you know, something was you know, wrong. And, you know, right. I, I, yeah, but I feel like you're right, Jay. If he had if it had been very obvious, you know, just kind of beat us over the head with it, but more obvious that. Not that he committed the murder himself, but that he was an active participant in covering it up. Whereas the detective, quite frankly, is the only other person that gets killed, right? Yeah. And other than the senator. And he, he was an active participant in trying to stop George C. Scott, but he wasn't trying to cover anything. Well, I guess he was covering it up in the sense he was trying to get the medallion. So maybe that he was trying to get the uh, little medal and that would have been a part of the quote unquote cover up. But I don't know. Yeah. Morally speaking, you're in this like grayish area where you're like, eh, you know, this ghost is kind of a hypocritical dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Exactly. Joseph. Yeah. 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 Joseph. Now, I will tell you that, though, that the wheelchair scene where that damn thing chases her, that was, I don't know why, <laughs> creep me the hell out. Because yeah. if I, if I turn around, and there is a damn wheelchair that's empty and it's old and it's covered in dust and it's little because a kid sat in it. And that thing is and it's an antique and it is chasing me through some old ass house where there's nobody else around. She was she was so much more manly than I would be in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, oh, yes. oh, and it's like, why are wheelchairs scary? Well, what do wheelchairs represent? They, yes. they represent yeah. just a, a sort of I don't want to offend anybody out there, but a sort of, you know, unwholeness. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. it's confinement. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a real sense of confinement. Um, it's also a empty thing that is chasing her ass down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. I get what you guys are saying. I'm totally on board. All I'm saying is it could have been it could have been a, a friggin remote control car. I don't care what it is. If it's chasing me down a hallway yeah. <laughs> with an with an intelligence behind it. We're it's done. An, an, an animate object chasing you. Is, Period. Is, end of story. Or, done. Yeah. So I can't believe we've gone this far and not talked about the seance at all. Uh, well, we would have gotten there. And nah, not necessarily. I completely forgot about okay. it. <laughs> really? That's like, that, is the, that is the climax of the movie. That's the changing point. That's where it stops being a ghost story 
and becomes, becomes a whodunit. A whodunit. Yeah. yeah, more of a whodunit. Yeah. I think, okay. So, so what do you want to say about the uh, seance, Hammond? Well, I think that it might be the template for all seances from that point on. It it is the epitome of Hollywood seances, and they did a really good job of building tension, mm-hmm. adding elements to the story, giving you information that wasn't complete until he played the tape back, and then all of a sudden the information was complete. And it turned into something far scarier in retrospect than it did when you first experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets sad when when he and uh, What's-Her-Face listen to it, and it just changes the emotion altogether. Yeah. So it's a very uh, – yeah, Claire. So it's, it's a yeah. super important scene as far as theme and intensity. And sure. then, like I said, it, it's the pivot point from when it stops being kind of a, a creepy story – and turns more into a whodunit, you know, mystery. Yeah. No, that's a good of, point. Yeah, and it kind of breaks him. It's kind of like everything falls into place, basically, because he calls her, because he and he just, well, he 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 faints. So I mean, it's it's like it's been too much over the the course of the I don't know days or months or whatever uh, this takes place, mm-hmm. and then this, the seance, and then he listens to. To, to what the ghost has to say and it's kind of i don't know it's kind of like it's 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 emotionally too much for him basically all of it and then he calls her and they, she has the same reaction so would you say it's the seance it's the pivotal point or it's a listening to the tape i don't know but for for him it might be well i don't know it might be if, the tape if i were going to break it into uh, act breaks. I would say that the end of the seance is the end of the second act, and the the lights would come up on her crying as the beginning of the third act. Mm-hmm. Well, I t- tell you something about the seance. It's really interesting how they um, empower the legitimacy of that scene because he shows up at this place conveniently labeled psychic research. And they say the guy he meets with says um, that a medium, a person who serves as a medium, he says 99% of those are frauds, but 1%, it's astonishing. And so we next next scene, we see them with a medium, and so we assume, okay, this is a legitimate 1% medium. Yes. So we know that this person knows what she's doing. She, she is of the 1%. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> and she knows what she's doing, and it's kind of... um. You know, and she's doing this free association writing as she's doing the the reading, and it's it's a little bit unsettling, which is like the Evil uh, Dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, it, it, it's an effective scene. I do think it's interesting the point you made, Jay, about that he conveniently the psychic research center because I'm maybe I'm wrong, but do most universities have? <laughs> Because it's it seems like in it's movies Seattle. They do. Let them, it's Seattle. You know, they have all kinds of but, stuff. But in they, movies, like in Ghostbusters, right? They're in a university. And <laughs> they're doing their, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying, are there actual, was it Rose Red? Remember, remember that miniseries of Stephen King one? Mm, yeah. It, yes. it, 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 you know, the, this idea that you have the, the paranormal department in a university. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm pretty wrong. sure. I'm pretty sure BYU does not have one. Okay. But that's just me guessing. <laughs> okay, got it. <laughs> got it. That's I, I'm just thinking. I'm pretty sure that uh, USF doesn't have one. I could be wrong. I'm, please email me and tell me if I'm wrong. I'm sure you will. Well, there's that. Okay, uh, the documentary uh, "Truthful Liar" uh, about the amazing Randy. He did a scam at one of those paranormal places in St. Louis, I think, where he was able to d- 
kind of debunk everything they said they were trying to do as far as psychic research. They lost all their grant money. All their lives were destroyed. All because he. I, I, <laughs> if you watch the documentary, you're not far off. Uh, okay. <laughs> I haven't. Okay. Well, so we, we've covered the seance. Were there any other points as far as the uh, changeling that any of you gentlemen would like to discuss before well, we start winding down? Yes. I mean, I do have one thing. It's like you can learn now from haunting and ghost movies that um, even if you do try to help a disgruntled ghost, it seems like they're not very grateful. <laughs> it's true. Because what do they yeah, do? They just they, they try to drop a chandelier on you and burn, then burn down burn, your house. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I won't go into any spoilers, but I mean, even in the ring, we see that it's interesting. There are extra surprises uh-huh. for people sure. who want to help. Yeah, surprises that will make you poop your pants because that's what I almost did. Um, <laughs> but 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 the but yeah, and was anybody else confused about Carmichael walking through the house? Like I thought he was actually there. No, no, I knew it was his, his spirit. Well, I mean, I meant. When I first saw it, I thought it was him. Like I thought, actually, no, I thought it this time too because it had been so long that I'd forgotten that whole thing. See, because doesn't George C. Scott Russell react to him? Doesn't he see him? Yeah, but he's also re- reacting to the ghost. He's reacting That's to true. the wheelchair. I mean, he's reacting to all kinds of crazy. So he's stuff also of the one percent, perhaps. Is that what we were to surmise from maybe his? Uh... Well, if you if you've watched uh, the Frighteners, yeah, people who who have experienced trauma That's true. sometimes are affected. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, 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 Jay, True. add that one to the horror comedy special. I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. I love the Frighteners. I love it. Talk about, if you want to talk Frighteners, I will join you anytime. That, that and Heavenly Creatures <laughs> are my two favorite Peter Jackson movies. <laughs> okay. And, of course, King Kong. Just kidding. So <laughs> Easy. <laughs> King freaking Kong. Let's spend an hour on a boat. Um, okay. <laughs> Get to Skull Island. No one cares about the boat. All right. I, need, I need to CG a Tyrannosaurus Rex. I don't care how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Now I you guys are me. making me mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back and haunt you because I'm yeah. gonna be a, a, yeah, like yeah. not at peace with this. Not at peace at all. <laughs> you until I get you to admit King Kong doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I read was that this actually inspired one of my favorite movies, The Others. Oh yeah. And I once I, read, I am your daughter. <laughs> once I once I read that, it totally made sense and. It made me want to watch the others again, but mm-hmm. I can totally see how this inspired that helped inspire that movie. Uh, what was the guy's name? Was it Alejandro, the uh, filmmaker who made the others? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he also can, he also lot. did a movie called uh, Thesis. That's mm. creepy. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the others is great. So the other thing I wanted to bring up too is the music when they're riding horses in the woods is so stern, and he's so stern that I thought he was going out there to kill her. The music does not. The music does not line up. Well, he orchestrated that murder at the beginning. <laughs> so, I mean, right. the music is so incongruent with that scene. <laughs> I don't. I kind of like that scene, but when he when she's walking up and uh, he kind of asks her, "Do you ride?" No, she asked him, "Do you ride?" And the only thing I got into my head was, "Well, of course he does." Yeah, <laughs> the he does his thing. eyebrows. He does those big bushy George. He's got eyebrows. Yeah. He kind of wiggles them. And goes, oh, "Of course I do." Of course. <laughs> uh, and then I also sure. needed to bring up the 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 awkwardness of the knock knock. You've got an old well under your house, and I need to dig it up to find a body. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah, how do you have that conversation? Yeah, now just <laughs> I know this is going to sound a little bit wacky. 
Do you mind if I chainsaw your floor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can I chainsaw? Well, but I, I, I will say too that part with her daughter going back uh, in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was freaky. That's one yeah, of the scary parts. Yep. Yeah, you kind of want to look away, but you can't because yeah, that's creepy. Well, and another reason I think this film is so effective, and I'd call it one of the better g- ghost films, of course, is because I have this belief too that that horror comes from uh, either like deep sorrow or profound rage. And I think this story is built upon just deep sorrow. I mean, and and it reminds me a lot of uh, the shining and it's like, what is scarier than the threat of your protector? Sure. Who's supposed to be your foremost protector, which is your father and your parents or whatever. Yep. Then trying to take you out. I mean, there's nothing more sad than that. And it culminates in the rage. I mean, I would say that ending is pure rage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's why this is and, true And horror. nothing makes me more angry than quoting uh, Ed McMahon. <laughs> Who quotes Ed McMahon? The Here's Johnny. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Okay. Wow, I had to spell that out no, for I, you. I was still, in, I was in the world of the changing. I wasn't over in the world <laughs> of the shining. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of uh, stories, you know, built on sadness and rage, though, I think The Orphanage is a really good example of oh, sadness, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, that's a good movie. And it's freaky. I mean, that film is rated R. And and, and but there's a reason just, there's one scene, <laughs> literally one scene gets that one in the R. And I actually think that that actually it, – it, I can have a raging debate with people who've seen it about if it's a happy ending or not because I personally think it is a happy ending. Hmm. Jay? <laughs> you know what? It's been a while since I've seen it. I'd have As to I recall, it. Again, I do not want to give it away because I do recall enough – to say, I, I, I see where you're coming. I would say it's a bittersweet ending. Okay. I'll, yeah, okay. It's not happy. Yeah, that, that, that's not a happy ending. I seem to have that, that sort of uh, memory with me, too, but I don't remember it super well. Yeah, but I just remember it was creepy. I saw, yeah. I saw the orphanage in a theater. It was a midnight screening. <gasps> I came out, and I know Hammond's in Utah too, right, Hammond? Yeah, I, I am. I came out of the theater there at Windsong in uh, Provo, and and basically, like, there was a ton of snow. My car was buried in snow, and and I was just, it was a really unsettling night for me because I'm like. I made it through that screening, and now I don't know if I'm going to make it home. <laughs> it's just really scary and, wow. and cold, and I loved it. Don't think I, had that same, I had that same experience when I saw uh, Orgasmo at the tower. I didn't know if I was going to make it home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was going to say the only thing would have been better is if you'd seen a screening of Frozen, the ski lift one. Uh-huh. Actually, I watched that this, last, this past winter. We, oh. we went skiing at Snowbird. And I brought that movie specifically to watch when my wife and kids were skiing, just kind of test myself. I love when I made the comment to you, I've never flown in an airplane before. Your advice to me was to watch with Airport 77, United 93. <laughs> we went through this whole list. So your whole goal in life is when you're in a situation, if there's a, if there's a, a movie that is analogous to the worst possible scenario of the situation you find yourself in, you want to watch a movie about it. Yes, I I'll, I will go to McDonald's every time I eat Supersize Me or watch Supersize Me just so I can prove it to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a, screw you, Morgan like, Spurlock. Chomp, 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 chomp. People just don't like say a, that enough. <laughs> you should have it on the loop. We're gonna say no, Peter. Kind of like yeah, it's kind of like when when Josh told the story, uh, Jay, uh, when he watched the uh, Blair Witch Project the first time. Oh man, that's a good one. Yes. Uh huh. 
I told you about it, Joel. But yeah, in the yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And you'll have to listen to the the, the podcast. The, the episode by the way, I watched a cheap ripoff of Blair Witch last night called Area Fifty One. So don't waste your time. It's on Netflix. Don't waste your time. Watch something okay. else. That that was your movie pick. No, actually, no. <laughs> I didn't know I had to have one. You're, I, I'm just kidding. Your, your movie avoid um, yeah. the. The the other best story about Blair Witch Project is when my sister, who was about seven or eight months pregnant when it came out, went to see it and had to go running from the theater to throw up because mm-hmm. she got most of the Which <laughs> Actually, I, my I brother-in-law had that happen during Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. Good stuff. All right, gents. So so any uh, any other final thoughts, final words about the changing from 1980? I think it's a given. We all appreciate it. Uh, we think it's a, a stand-up ghost story. I think it was also listed on Martin Scorsese had it listed as one of his top 11 scariest movies. Why mm-hmm. does he go for 11? Why can't he go for an even? Because you know why? Because he's freaking Scorsese. That's why. <laughs> and this one, you know what they say? To, uh, it goes to 11. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right. You can't argue. He's Scorsese. He always goes to 11. This that's one right. goes to 11. That's right. The Irishman. I cannot wait. Sorry. Um Okay. <laughs> yeah, look just look up Scorsese the Irishman. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jay? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. it's coming up, right? Pretty yep. soon. Goodfellas, Casino, and the Irishman. Can't wait. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. So <laughs> same thing with Black Mass. I'm pretty excited about that too, even though I'm not a, oh, not a depth just, fan. Okay, I oh I saw the gift last night. Quick side note. And wait, which it. one? The good one or the new one? Oh, you sack. The good new one is a good one. Yeah, it is good. I'm just kidding. I love the old. I love the Raimi one though. Oh, you're, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. the one with was the yeah. The Raimi one's good. No, no. This was uh, the gift uh, with Jason. Ba- that was awesome. It was fantastic. Okay. Yeah. My wife actually wants to see it too. So. It's great. We'll it's a fantastic movie. It's, it's an interloper. Also, it's like an interloper thriller with all the tropes screwed with, and it's great. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to see Straight Outta Compton though, because in in my neighborhood, I might be the only person in the theater. <laughs> really? No, no kidding. I yeah. I went there to see it. You know, because I'm in, I live in the same general area as you, and I loved it because I did not know there were any African American people in Utah, and there were lots in the theater, and I was super happy about that. It's what I've heard a lot of people actually make that that, that suggestion. Well, I I miss. Are you are you in, are you in behind the Zion Curtain? <laughs> yeah, I'm in I'm in Salt Lake City, and and oh, okay. I, and I miss you know I I miss I'm from West Virginia, so I grew up with a lot of different different people, and I miss you know. The you miss, you miss folks like in like in uh, Wrong Turn. Okay, so Jason, <laughs> exactly. you and I, you and I need to have lunch sometime. <laughs> I know, brother. That's what I'm saying. We should, we definitely yeah. should. But but yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm totally with you. I think the gift was great, and I tell you what's freaking scary is no escape. Go see that, everybody. Oh yeah, you you told okay. me. That. I want to say. Well, wait, 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 I just want to say one thing. Sorry. The reason why I brought up the gift. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just want to make sure I say this. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Black Mass. They had a newer trailer. It wasn't as good as the original trailers, the newest trailer. And that was A and B. His eyes, the contact thing, he almost looks like a vampire. Like, he looks you. like a Nos- Nosferatu. Like it's they're so blue. I agree. It's weird looking. Yeah. I just hope it's like gritty. I hope I it's hyper real. Yes. And it's got yes. some like rough, serious gangster Donnie violence. Brass- Donnie Brasco. Yes. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hope it's like Casino, you got the head and the vice. Vice, I hope yep. it's that kind of stuff. I think it will be. Good. So I watched, so I went to go see The Strangers once with my brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen this one? Yes. It's the one set in South Carolina with the people with the masks outside the house. Yep. Of yep. course, yep. yes, yes. So, the, so my brother-in-law and I 
spent the entire movie talking about how the entire movie is filled with bad decisions. The bad guys make bad decisions. The good guys are making bad decisions. There are simple answers, and no one's using the simple answers as bad decision on bad decision. However, when we both got home, our wives were out of town with the kids, so it was just us in our own homes by ourselves. And both of us made sure the house was totally empty and all the windows were closed before we went to bed that <laughs> night. You betcha. Yeah. <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, that's powerful. Yep. That's awesome. The way it should be. I guess it's a remake of a film called Them. Oh, I saw Them. Yeah, the French well, film. It was about Belgium. Yeah. I think it was a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is it? Bad. Yeah. And is it? Like The Strangers you're referring to? And I, I believe, I at least I had heard that it was also based on a story that had happened in a nearby neighborhood to his, um, in his being, um, what Brian, Brian Bertino. Yeah. That when he was younger, he was the writer of the film. And when he was right, like there was a home invasion. It was kind of similar to that, that actually happened in his neighborhood. And that kind of inspired him. Well, it was funny. Cause when we first showed up, the first thing I noticed were that the two kids were collecting fast offerings, and that the uh, how it was filmed in South Carolina, and I was right on both points instantly. <laughs> right. Well, well, the, nice. uh, the actually, you know, it's funny. The strangers, I didn't hate it or anything, but I don't think it did as much to me uh, for me as it did for a lot of people. That said, them I found to be scarier. You know what? You know what? The the, the creepiest line of that movie. Which one? Uh, the, the the original them. Them. Okay. Yeah, when they look out the window, and she says. What's the car doing all the way over there? Yeah. It, it, nice. Yes. Nice. Ah. All right. So that being said, <laughs> uh, it, I guess uh, then I guess everybody, anything else on the change thing or do you feel like we hit all the important points? I just I just think the listeners should know. I mean, if you're listening to this spooky flicks fest episode and you're looking for um, a horror flick to watch this Halloween, I, I think that they should know that this is all about atmosphere and being uh, unsettling i mean it's not you don't get a lot of um not a huge body count there's not a lot of kills really at all it's not very graphic and there aren't there really not a lot of scary imagery either but it's all about the tone and the feeling and the mood of this yes i think it has a lot to do with the style of filmmaking from the late 70s because it's all about i mean it was paced as a as kind of a drama from the 70s would be paced Mm mm-hmm but I also think because of the type of story it is, it doesn't lend itself to that kind of stuff. And you kind of – I think the trailer is very misleading because it, it leads with the wheelchair. <laughs> right. And the wheelchair is one of two, I guess, quote-unquote action sequences, and I probably count the seance as the other one. Uh-huh. So it's, it, you're, the trailer is very misleading. Because yes. that's uh, in the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and I think that um, – Skip the trailer and just go to – Go to the movie directly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah, and it's really a mystery as well, like yeah, many of these ghost yep. movies yep. are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Paranormal Activity is a mystery movie at its core. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. The original. <laughs> I, wow. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched the other ones. I refuse. The, I like third one, the third one is not bad. Okay. Just saying. I, I'll, I'll I, trust I agree. You. I've actually watched all of them, don't, and I agree that the Jay first one is third. Ah. Yeah, no, I love the first one. The other ones, yeah, don't get me know. mad at Blumhouse right now. Like, you know. hey, the gift. He did. No. Hey, the gift. The gift. I know. I know. That's bad. That's better. Yeah. That's, it's like that's a- it's like. <laughs> hey, when you write a story, you know that helps. Yeah. Yeah. I really. Yeah. It does help a lot. As much <laughs> yes. as you love the gallows. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways. All right. So, guys. Uh, anybody? I feel like we should have three final last words here, but then technically. 
We'd only be one last word. So anybody have a last word, a final word, <laughs> something you want to say? Jason. Oh, I love that. It's awesome. Um, I, I just, I think one of the coolest aspects to um, a haunting movie, a ghost movie, is the fact that uh, there is a story why this ghost has been grieved. Uh, something awful has always happened to them. And and that's one of my favorite parts is to learn that mystery. It's like the ghost's haunting is scary, but when you learn about what is behind the haunting, like what inspired the ghost, that makes it so much scarier. Like uh, what comes to mind immediately is like the woman in black, for example. I mean, that story behind <laughs> that ghost, it's like, whoa, you know, it's just really intense. So the, I think that's the one of the biggest reasons to watch a ghost movie. If there is a story with it, um, to find out why this ghost is upset, what the, um, you know, uh, what was done that was so horrible and has led to this, this unrest. Sort of like in the movie Unfriended. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't get him started. Yeah, like that. for real. And now, and if you want, you always say bad words. And then, no. Beep. <laughs> beep. So you guys have that awesome uh, Andy bleep that you use. Yeah. We've been using we've been using the uh, from uh, Buck Rogers. I keep forgetting his name. What the heck's his name? Twiggy? No, uh, Twiggy. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. Ah, oh, that's great stuff. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for being on this changeling episode of the 2015 Spooky yes. Flicks Fest. That house is not fit to live in. Jeez. No one's been able to live in it. It doesn't want people. Nice. For even more Spooky Flicks Fest fun, please visit ForgottenFlicks.com and subscribe in iTunes. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music through a Creative Commons license. And a very special thanks to all of our guests. If you'd like to learn more about them, please go to the show notes for this episode at ForgottenFlicks.com forward slash Changeling. And be sure to have a safe and happy Halloween. <laughs>